And now, coming to you from the shadow of America's mountain, Rocky Mountain Revival Radio presents Waymaker Ministries. Welcome to Waymaker Ministries. I'm your host, Ethan. It's a pleasure to have you joining me, joining us today. With me today is my amazing co-host, Lily. Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Ethan? Um, good. Good. <laughs> Before we get into today's show, I just want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Bef- uh, check out the show's website, waymaker.rmrr.live, for all the latest information and updates about the show. There's a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, or to be a guest or recommend a guest on the show. If you need prayer, we would love to stand in prayer with you. There are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first way is that prayer request form on the website, or you can write us at prayer at waymaker.rmrr.live. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. Follow us on Facebook for additional comments and information. All right, let's get into it. But before we get into it, we have some commercials. Mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries is now partnering with ByteTag. ByteTag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It it allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pets. It's really easy to set up, really easy to get started. Um, The tag has a GPS tracking system, so when someone scans the QR code that's on the tag, you will get the GPS notification um, to see your dog's lo- location by the person by the person who finds your pet or or scans the tag. Um, there's no monthly or annual service or subscription fees, and ByteTag puts your security first. ByteTag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. As an additional bonus, when you use QR code RMRR15, you get a 15% discount off the purchase price. Do you want to do the next commercial, Miss Lily? Ooh, what's the next commercial? Redemption Squad Ministry. Uh, it is? Okay, of course I want to do the next commercial. You guys, guess what? We have an outreach coming up in a couple weeks. It'll be on the 24th and 25th. So if you are in the Colorado Springs area, or maybe you're not, but you have like a helicopter or something, come on down and see us. We're going to be meeting at Central Campus, and that is right off of Maislin Road in Colorado Springs. And we'll be meeting at 6 o'clock on Friday night to pack a ton of boxes full of hygiene products and food and goodies to take care of our city and take care of our fellow brothers and sisters. And then Saturday morning, we'll be meeting at Central Campus again. Usually we pray and take communion, and then we're going to be sent out to some rough and impoverished neighborhoods to deliver those boxes to some people. And I just would love to see you guys out here. We have this anointing. We have this calling to go out and evangelize, take care of people's spiritual needs and material needs. And I love how the Redemption Squad walks in doing that and fulfilling that calling. So, there's my bit. <laughs> Back yeah. to you. The next commercial. So, do you guys have 
I have a question for you, all the people listening. Do you guys have back pain, or or your knees are hurting, or your ankles hurt? Well, mm, there is there are <laughs> shoes for you. Valentine Comfort Shoes is a veteran-owned business by Radiant Church's own Sean and Amy Blink. Sean and Amy, yeah. If Going you need a pair of shoes, um, you can go see them. Um, or if you just if you don't need new shoes, you can stop by and just get some prayer. Um, the address will be somewhere down below or in the description. Um, so, um, yeah. So if you need a new pair of shoes or you just want some prayer, go head over to Valentine Comfort Shoes. Yep. Our next commercial. Are you guys looking for? A book, well, Holy Rebel book is for you. Yeah. Holy Rebel was made by Radiant Church's lead, lead pastors, pastors Todd and Kelly Hudden. They created this book for the church, and it is what, what the title is. It is a Holy Rebel book. It is for Holy Rebels, and, and it is just such an amazing book. Um, whenever, whenever I read it, it is just so amazing and so incredible. Um, so I, you can get it on online. You can, if you go to the website, if you go to uh one of the websites, which will probably be down below, you can get a signed copy from them. Um, so yeah. And for our final commercial, do we have any guitar players who are watching? Do you? Or do you just want a guitar and you want to start learning how to play guitar? Well, Wyoming Custom Guitars is the guitar place for you. Custom handcrafted guitars built in Green River, Wyoming. Bo Palmer has been writing music, singing music, and playing guitars since 1979. He's that old. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's links, really Links will be down below. Um for the people watching or they will be in the description um yeah. if you want to go check them out wyomingcustomguitars.com or twoguyswithguitars.com if you want to listen to the, some music also it is t-w-o if you do the number or something else two you're going to the wrong place um so it is t-o-w to guyswithguitars.com okay now with the commercials out of the way all right let's get into it i have we have an extremely packed show for you today mm -hmm. it is the start of our spiritual gifts series um we could have done this as a as just a, an a standard one episode uh topic but because of how packed just the topic of it is, uh, we we thought it would be better, both me and co-host Lily, we thought it would be better if we did it as a series, not just as uh, we hit all of the spiritual gifts in one. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, um, y'all obviously do prophecy as a series, much less all of the spiritual gifts. Just, so, just because of, to talk about. yeah, just because of how action-packed um, this this topic is, we thought it would be best um, for all of you guys out there 
to uh to do a part series for everyone. So, um today is going to be prophecy. It's going to be the spiritual gift of prophecy. Is our first gift of this I don't even know how many part series. <laughs> but uh <laughs> So, yeah. Um so you may be asking, yeah. Ethan, like what in the world are spiritual gifts? Do we even have scripture for that? That's so, not something that yeah. made up or anything. So the Bible actually tells us about that spiritual gifts are just that. They're gifts. These gifts are given freely by the Holy Spirit as he chooses. First Corinthians twelve eleven. The spiritual gifts cannot be or earned or bought. The Bible also lists out the spiritual gifts in Romans 12, 6 through 8. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly. If prophesy in a pre uh, proportion in one's faith, if service, then in, then in the act of serving, or the one who teaches in the act of teaching, or the one who exerts in the act of exhortation. The one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Do these works with faith. God wants us, the church, to know that the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 2, NIV, which says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I know that you were pagans, how somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to, to mute idols. Meaning, Jesus, God wants us to be informed about the gifts and doesn't want us to be led by false idols. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, NASB, the spiritual gifts are listed again, and we are told that the spiritual gifts are given to the common good for the common good of the body. It says, For to one who is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of the word of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit and to other gifts of healing by the one spirit and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophesy prophecy and to another the distinguishing of spirits to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues we are missing out then in 1 Corinthians 12:28 through 23 NASB we are told that God put into place an order of appoint of appointment into the church and God had appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing healings helpings administrations and various kinds of tongues all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All are not, all are not, 
all do not have <laughs> gifts. Got a little tongue twister there. Uh, yeah. All uh, are. <laughs> wow. All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not have. All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greatest gifts, and yet I'm going to show you a further way, better way. Yeah. God has done all these things so that he is glorified. I also want to note here that according to the scripture, most do not have all of the spiritual gifts. However, it is possible for someone to have all of the gifts. It is clear that we have to desire and long for spiritual gifts according to 1 Corinthians 14.1 NASB. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Prophesy. Wow. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so, part of that is love is love is one of the strongest things. Because um, it says here, pursue love. Yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. It doesn't say desire spiritual gifts, pursue love. It says pursue love. That's what we are to do first. Um, next, next, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over these next few things. Um, love is the is the better way that was talked about in First Corinthians twelve twenty thirty one. Wow, twelve thirty one. First Corinthians twelve thirty one, and prophesy. Prophecy is a superior gift. I would I would like to provide you a brief description of the of of the spiritual gifts. Um, I have listed the spiritual gifts out in in alphabetically. Um, for more detailed this uh, definition and description of each gift, please see the show description below. Um, it will be either down below somewhere, either near Lily or over here near me. They'll be somewhere. Um, <laughs> and so if you're watching the video or if you're watching the podcast, it will be down below in the description. Um, but for right now, we're just going to go over uh, prophecy. Uh, prophecy. Yeah, I was right. Um, we're not going to go over the other ones right now um, mm -hmm. just because... Um, since we're we doing have it a lot to talk about <laughs> as a series, we have a lot of stuff to go over. Um, so I'm gonna give the description of uh prophecy, prophesy, prophecy, yeah. prophecy. You got you. it. It's fine. Give me one second. Hydration's important. Ah. <laughs> okay. So, the gift of prophecy. I did it! Um, so... I'm cracking up. You go on. <laughs> this gift is a very unique and... It, it is very unique. Um, and extraordinary. It is, a, it is a very unique and extraordinary gift. This gift is a blessing... To the church and should not be quenched. Prophecy is the ability to receive a divinely inspired message or to, 
or deliver it to others in the church. These messages can can take the form of exhortation, correctation, right? Correct, correction. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Wow, I had to correct myself there. Uh, disclosure of secret sins, um, predictions of future events, comfort, ins- inspiration, or another. Wow. Um, or <laughs> or another revelation given to equip and edify the body of Christ. These words do not uh, constitute the authoritative word of God, but are the human interpretation of the revelation that has that was received. They are spoken in human words through a human mind, which is why they must be tested against the scriptures. This gift is used to make God's heart known and to edify the church. This gift is is for the benefit of both believers and non-believers and is a sign that God is truly among his church. These, those with the the wow this gift <laughs> has are sensitive to both the prompting of the holy spirit and the needs of the church body they should be humble and continually study the scriptures in order to test these relevant wow revelation rele- revelations thank you before speaking them when they do when they do speak they should allow and even expect others to weigh what is saying what is said against the scriptures and interpret the message accordingly in this way the church may be continually built up together in unity wow that was a lot mhm um, i like that touched on the fact that prophecy though it is God's word moving through a person and someone is speaking it forth as God's mouthpiece is not the Bible itself. And we must always test it against the scripture. And I noticed you said a verse in this first Corinthians 12, 11. And I just love that verse. So I wanted to really touch on that again and just emphasize that it says the Holy spirit distributes spiritual gifts as he wills the spirit. The gifts are freely given. They can neither be earned nor purchased. Wow. Some of you guys may be thinking, well, of course you can't buy with earthly material currency something that's spiritual. But this may not be as obvious as you think because Acts 8, 18 through 22 actually describes a man who did try to buy the gifts of the Spirit. And let me read that story for you guys. It says, now when Simon saw the spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands. He offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. You see, his heart was kind of in the right place. He was honestly desiring the Holy Spirit and desiring for people to receive it. But he came about it in a very sinful way. And the end does not justify the means. It goes on to say in verse 20, but Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter for your heart is not right before God. 
Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. You see, when Simon did that, he was trying to exalt himself to play God. He was trying to obtain the Holy Spirit for himself, have that authority for himself, and thus become like God. But he needed only to ask. It says this all throughout Scripture, Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. And then First John uh, 5, 14 through 15, it says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So, Simon needed only to ask. You need only to ask for these spiritual gifts. I wanted to, we both wanted to specifically hit prophecy first in this series because in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says that is the gift to be most driven after, of course, on the foundation of love. But this is what that scripture says. It says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy, especially prophecy. I found that interesting why does Paul say especially prophecy? Because it's a rather controversial gift in the church. You know, some people don't believe it exists at all. And other people don't believe that they can possibly be prophets. And a couple hours ago, when we weren't sure what episode we were going to film first, and I didn't have any notes, I was asking God, what do you want me to say? That's prophecy. Being God's mouthpiece. Asking God, what do you want me to say? It's as simple as that. The first scripture that was laid on my heart to speak forth was Hebrews 4.12. From the NASB version, it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, both of joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So you may be asking, really, what does the scripture have to do with prophecy? What are you getting at? But let me tell you what the word prophet really means. Now, Ethan gave a really good description and definition of it. I want to go back to the original language to confirm that whenever Jesus, John, Paul, James use the word prophet, this is what they were saying. The word is, and I'm going to try and pronounce this right. It's ancient Greek, so <laughs> have some grace with me. But it says, prophetus. Pro means beforehand, first, to go forth. And then phasis comes from the word me, which means to assert one word over the other through spoken word. This word isn't inherently scriptural. Like you can be a prophet of Satan. You can be a prophet of the world. You can speak forth one idea over the other in a very secular manner. But scripturally and biblical context, this word is connoted to mean one who speaks forth under the influence of God. So, Ethan, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it it was... Yeah, it's it's just... I was... Uh, before before we got on, I, I wanted to make sure that I was saying the right stuff, and I asked God, just just help help me find the words that you want me to speak. Help me, help me to say what you want me to say. Um, 
guide guide my tongue, guide my mouth, and, and so I, because I I don't want to say the wrong thing while I'm do um, while I'm yeah. on here. I don't want to say something that may be false. I wanna I just want to say the truth. I wanna I want to show you got. I want to bring the truth to you guys and to bring good spiritual content to this this podcast this ministry mm-hmm. um so lily um i i actually have some more stuff for you yeah yeah um so um lily do you have a question yeah so why do you think prophecy is one that you have stoven after in your own life. I think prophecy is a gift that I've st- strived for, if that's the correct word. Okay. Um, is I I try to be as truthful as possible. I try to come into this show from a standpoint of going to God and to ask. God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to to bring to the table? Because sometimes I don't even have the notes. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm relying on Lily to help me figure <laughs> out what I'm going to say because I, ju- I just can't um, figure out what to say. Um, and so I today, I um, as I was getting ready before the show, um, I was I was just asking God and I was praying and I was like, God, please help me find what the words to say and help me just God, just please give me the words to say, give me the right things to say. Um, and so and that is the prophet's prayer. Yeah. And so um, I, I in my notes, I actually have a question. Um, and Lily, when when we first came up with this idea, this was one of your questions that you were given. Oh yeah. Um. So this was <laughs> the que- this was the question that you were given as um when we mm-hmm. first were thinking about the spiritual gifts. Um. So the question, the thing is, um, Ethan, that's that's all fine and dandy, Ethan. But why do I need to know my spiritual gifts? Um, my words exactly. And and so. I'm I'm glad that she was given this question. Um, I, I late a little bit later, or if you want me to do it right now, Lily. Um, I have eight reasons why Christians should know their spiritual gifts. So oh, I can boy. either do it later or I can do it now. Um, the first point, uh, well, the first reason I should say is knowing your spiritual gifts helps you understand God's will for your life what he has called you to do he has gifted you to do and what he has gifted you to do he has called you to do mm-hmm. the second twined. hey ethan how do you see that spiritual gifts has displayed god's calling in your life so it one of the spiritual gifts is is a pastoral gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was given that gift to pastor. Um, and we'll talk more about that gift later. Um, 
with a thing of that is I I get words and I get things. So when I go up to you and I'm like, hey, Lily, I have this word for you. I, I That's something that when I get something from God and, and I get a word for someone or for you or I get a vision, um, I, I, I take some time and I start praying about it and I start looking at similar visions and similar dreams I've had to it and similar words I've had to it and so I start looking at these things and I start and I start praying about it and I start asking God what do you want me to do with this do you want me to keep it to myself for now do you want me to go tell this person that you gave this this word for to me and and so when I take time and I start I start praying about it and I, I take as much time as I need or as much time as God gives me. Um, sometimes it's a few hours and then I tell you or it's a few or it could be a few days or maybe a, even a few weeks. Um, it um, the, my my most recent visions, um, which I've actually told you about, Lily, um, they I spent over at least two days maybe more pray just praying about it and to just uh seek god on it and so um yeah 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 so, so what are the other reasons why we need to know spiritual gifts so the second reason knowing your spiritual gifts Gift helps you know what God has not called you to do. If you realize God has not given you the gift of mercy, you can easily take out the position that may re require that gift. Without worrying that you might miss God's calling, the same yeah. is true of with all the gifts. Now, I will say, I do believe that every Christian is called to be merciful but there's a difference between having a gift of mercy and walking in faith as God has called you to be merciful. There yeah. is a different gravity associated with those two things. But yeah, go on. Yeah. Next. So <laughs> the third reason is knowing your spiritual gift relieves you from serving out of duty. Yeah, um, it's very important to operate under your anointing. Yeah, this is actually something that I told four people. I was led to tell four people last Sunday who were talking to me about how they admire me in evangelism and they want to go out in street ministry. But whenever they go out, it just doesn't work out for them and they don't witness God move. And now sometimes you may be called to be an evangelist and not witness extreme miracles and testimonies and moves of God. But other times it's because you're not operating at, under your anointing. Yeah. We're all called to evangelize, but not all of us are called to street evangelize. We're all called to witness people, uh, witness the people of our God, but not necessarily on the streets. And I was led to tell these people that you're either called to minister in the church. You need to work on your marriage is actually someone I, something I had to told to, I can't talk now. It's actually something I had to tell someone before you go out and you minister. And this causes a lot of tension in your own spirit. 
you need to get some things cleaned up in your own house, yeah. in your marriage. And God hasn't given you the anointing for this yet because he's waiting for you to get your house clean before he fills it up with more things. Like, have you ever, have you guys ever heard the box in, box out rule? Like whenever you have like a box full of new stuff, you get rid of a box full of old stuff. Or maybe you get some new t-shirt, you get rid of an old pair of jeans. It doesn't all fit if you just keep all your old junk and then keep buying new stuff. It doesn't work like that. God waits for you to change your mind and let go of the old things before he gives you new things because yeah. you can't hold everything. So, yeah, I wanted to touch on that. You keep going. Yeah. What so other- uh, if, if the truth was were known, many active church workers have no business doing what they are doing. They are only doing it because the pastor asked them to. A committee elected them, or they feel obligated to do something, but they are not serving where they are there where they were gifted. Christians have many reasons for serving in areas that keep them busy but not fulfilled. It boils down to this many service out of duty in Instead of God's calling, by discovering and utilizing your God-given gifts, it will reduce your chances of serving out of duty. You may, you, wow, um, and allow you to serve through the, the joy of your calling. Um, I want to touch up on something that I read, um, and it was... Um, right here, Christians have many reasons for serving in areas that keep them busy but not fulfilled. So I I want to wow. touch up on this really quickly. Wow. Um. So, and this is actually something, uh, the personal thing. So I I help out at my church. I I do um some some work and and it's. I wouldn't say that it's what I do is to keep me busy. It's it's I I do tech for the youth group. Um, well, for not the youth group, but the kids, yeah, the yeah. the elementary <laughs> kids. Um, so the elementary kids, I I work and I serve. Um, it it fulfills me because on the Sundays that I work, I get to spend time just witnessing these kids experience the word of god through through the through praise and through worship and through stories and and i got to see them grow as as believers and i get to see them grow and it it fulfills me it it i la- i love serving it's it's so it's it's such a, a powerful thing when you get to serve and you get to do these works that you you're meant to do when you're able to work and you're able to serve in any way you can and you get to get to help out in your community and in your church you get to serve and and Lily Lily serves in the elementary kids um she serves I'm with a me. Um, she's, she's one of the group leaders, 
Um, and so, she, like, I bet she has fun because, like, she gets to yeah. spend time with kids and she gets to just be and, and get to be in the presence of God. And it's just so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but when, and I'm going to read it again because it's just, I could talk about this all all, all this whole time. Um, Christians have many reasons for serving the areas that keep them busy, but not fulfilled. And there's something about that, that when you serve and, and you do it because you're, you're, you want to keep busy and you want to keep from just, you want to keep from, I, I don't know how to say this. I know, I do. You Thank want you. to keep from being alone. You want to keep from Thank looking, you, Lily. looking idle. You want to keep from the appearances of not doing anything. There is a verse in Philippians 1. I believe it's 16 and 17. I wasn't going to share this, but it goes hand in hand with this. Um, it talks about those who preach the gospel out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Clearly, that's operating and serving out of busyness then fulfillment, fulfillment of God's word. It's not just about you. It's not just about fulfillment of yourself, but fulfillment of God in you, God's will over your life. So maybe you're a high-paying pastor and you preach sermons that you've heard other people preach and you do that to stay busy and have a good job, a good income, provide for your family. But maybe you know that you're called to evangelism. You're, you were never called to that teaching position. Yeah. Maybe you're just there because you want to be on stage and you don't want to be in the background. But let me tell you, the true leaders are out in the front. Look up any picture of a shepherd. They lead their flock from behind because they don't need to be seen by their sheep. They need to see their sheep. They need to see if one's falling behind, one's hurt, one's about to go off a cliff. They don't need to be seen by their sheep, but they need to push them along, herd them, come up behind them and guide them with their staff. They're not out in front. They aren't just assuming that their sheep are following them. Yeah. No, they are the motivator, the advancement itself of the flock. So I encourage you to actually walk where you are called to walk. Yeah. And how you are called to walk. Because I have tried to be in volunteer positions, maybe that I was eventually called to, but I wasn't yet. And I knew God had put that down later in the line for me. And it just does not work. Yeah. It feels so dead. And you can try and trick yourself all you want and say, well, this is fulfilling to me. This is fulfilling my time. But it's not actually fulfilling God's will for your life. And it'd be so much better if you realize that now. Because you may think that you're moving forward, but you can be moving forward on the wrong path. And that's not getting you any closer to where you need to be. You need to turn around sometimes. And sometimes going backwards is actually going forwards. So yeah. you can restart and go where you're actually called to be. Yeah, God, God plans. God, from what, from even before your thought of, 
you're you're even a thought in your parents' mind. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose in your life. He has mm-hmm. set a calling. He he knows you. He he knew he knows how many heads you how many hairs you have on your head. He, how many heads? <laughs> sorry. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> wow. Um he he knows that was so funny. He knows you since you before you were in the womb. He he has set this path out for you. And and sometimes to get to to get to the end, to get to where you're you need to be, to where you're called to be, sometimes you have to go backwards. Sometimes you have to go back and step back and observe yeah. the path in front of you. And sometimes you yeah. have to step back and look at the at and look at your choices. And sometimes you have to step back and and sometimes you have to step back in faith and trust that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's the hard thing for some, for some believers is stepping back in that faith and stepping back into that mentality that God has a plan and a purpose in my life for me. And you know what? That is something every single person is called to do. Matthew 18 says to convert to be a child. Many people come to faith as adults. Going back to childhood may just sound like an insult to you because you are a serious and grown person with intellect in their mind and stuff filling up their hearts. But you need to go back. And clear some of that stuff out so God can fill you up again. Because we are called to be born again and we are called to grow up again into the kingdom of heaven. Like like Lily said a few minutes ago, we need to get rid of that old stuff. We need to get rid of that that old mentality, that old that old thinking, that old mindset. And we need to step into a new mentality, into a new mindset. We need to get rid of our old clothing and step into new clothing. Mm-hmm. And we need to we need to take a leap of faith, pretty much. And we need to step back into that faith. And we need to take take that leap of faith. We need to take we need to just I step back. That's it. You know, people yeah. make it into some dramatic big yeah. deal. Like their whole life is ruined and everything is falling apart and unraveling. It would have if you had kept going. If yeah, you had like, kept going straight and forward, it would have done that either way. But now and, you are losing your life to find it intentionally. And you would have lost your life if you tried to find it on your own. Yeah, but when and you lose it for God, you find it for real. So yeah, so Ethan, what are your other points on why we need to know our spiritual gifts? Yeah, and so point number four, knowing your spiritual gifts helps you understand how the Holy Spirit works through you. Spiritual gifts are God's provision. Uh, for the Holy Spirit to minister to people through people. Without spiritual gifts, people can minister one to another only in the flesh. You and I are the only vessels the Holy Spirit uses to uh, 
accomplish his work here on earth. We can yield ourselves to the Spirit and learn as as much as we can about how the Holy Spirit works through us. So, in that, it's 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 kind of saying that we we are the Holy Spirit works through us, and and to we we it's it says that we should learn as much as we can on how the spirit works through us and how he does these things through us um because there there is the holy spirit is inside all of us it it, it is true the holy spirit is inside each and every one of us um and, and He's working through all of us. He's not just working through the the pastors and the evangelists. He's working through everyone. Yeah, all all people who have accepted him into their hearts, he is working in them. And like that scripture we talked about in the beginning of the show, um, not everyone prophesies. Not everyone speaks in tongues. Not everyone is wise and discerning. Yeah. As, um. There are different parts of the body. Imagine if your entire body just consisted of a mouth. That would not be very good for you. You you would be very limited. Yeah. No matter how grand and large and gifted that mouth was, it would be foolish to consist of only a mouth. There has to be many parts of the body. You have to have the hands of the evangelist, the eyes of the prophets, the mind and heart of Christ in you. You have to have the face of the uh, representative of Christ. You have to have the feet of the evangelist as well. And many more. You have to have the mouthpiece of the uh, tongue speaker. You have to have the nose of those with the gift of discernment who can smell and discern things with their scent that they give off with the scent of the fruit. If we just had an eye, even an eye of the prophet, we just had a mouth, we would not get very far whatsoever. So yeah, what's your next point, Ethan? So, point five. Knowing your spiritual gifts fills a deeper inner need or void in your life. Have you ever visited a hospital? Have you met a... Have you... Wow. You may have met the mean old nurse who bites your head off every time you sit on a patient's bed. But overall, a hospital is a place where you find a staff of people who are getting more fulfillment out of life than the average person. Why? Because they are the per- they are the people serving business. They are willing to wrap their lives in the lives of other people. They are meeting an inner need that God has put into the souls of all people. Christians and non-Christians alike, your spiritual gifts will complement the inner need God has placed in you, which is something that we were talking about earlier. God has placed this calling into your life. If you're a doctor and you feel a fulfillment, that is what your calling is. You're meant to help people and you're meant to serve and you're meant to work for work for 
the the hospital and you're meant to go help people. You're meant to go give people the treatment that they need to to heal themselves. Yeah. To, We're not called to busy work. We're called yeah. to fulfilling service. And, and it's an inner it it does. Your spiritual gift complements your inner the the inner the inner need God has placed in you. So yeah. if if God needs you to be a pastor, your gift will help will complement that. Yeah. And, and like it. It, it so yeah. Um mm-hmm. uh, stop to think for a minute of the most miserable, unhappy person you know. Without a doubt, that person is very self-centered and only does for others when it benefits him or her in return. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know that to be true. That's for sure. When I was the most unhappy person I knew, I was doing things that only served me. I could not get my mind off myself. So is that the next point, Ethan? Uh, that was actually part of part five that I forgot to yeah. My bad. Um, knowing your spiritual gift, this is point six, um, builds unity among Christians. When you understand the characteristics of spiritual gifts, you see how gifts influence your desires, motivation, and behavior. You might begin to realize how other people do not always see things or react to a situation the same way you would. It's all part of God's plan. The different the different gifts complement each other. And, and that's part of 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 it too that God's God gives you gifts and God gives you a calling for his plan, his purpose in your life and the lives of others. So if you're given the gift of wisdom that or the gift of knowledge or the gift of prophecy, prophecy or the gift of evangelism or evangelism or whatever, if you're given the gift of tongues or or yeah. uh, ex- exhortation, um, you're given these gifts for God's plan and purpose. He gives yeah. you these because that is his plan and that is his purpose in your life and then the lives of others. Um, That's interesting because I want to talk about this next um after these points you know you you could say that the spiritual gifts are the most controversial part of christianity the most debated disagreed upon and divisive but god called them to unify so we know where there is division that is hell yeah there's division that is Satan trying to get a foothold to tear apart the bride, to tear apart God's people from one another and isolate themselves and separate themselves. So that is something I want to talk about later, the controversy, the controversiality, especially of prophecy. But Ethan, please do keep going. So this is also part of part six. Understanding mm-hmm. spiritual gifts all, will also prevent you from imposing your gifts or lifestyle on other people on others and will help you realize God's individual calling for your life. Unfortunately, too many Christians are living God's will for someone else's life rather than their own. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's something that a lot of Christians do. They, they will 
oh, they they use their their calling their 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 calling for their lives in in the service in in the will for someone else's life not rather than their own um and so um maybe they're like simon they just admired the healing gift so greatly but Simon clearly didn't have the gift of healing. That's why he tried to buy it. That's why he tried to steal it away from Peter, away from the hands of God, who alone gives that gift of yeah. healing. But, Point seven. Uh, sorry, you go. Oh, don't worry about it. No, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Um, knowing your spiritual gift a a wow, equips you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Understanding your spiritual gifts gives you a clear, clearer understanding of God's purpose for your life. God will has created each one of us uniquely and has given us different gifts, talents, personalities, uh, temper, temperance, and passions to outfit us to accomplish his unique purpose for each of us. True significance in life comes when we discover and apply the purpose and calling. Introducing spiritual gifts in Ephesians 4.1, Paul ex exhort wow, exerts us to walk worthy uh, of the vindication wherewith ye are called. Today, we use the term vindication, vocation. Uh, we are, rev rev I think I said that right. Uh, referring to our gift, our job, or career, but in Bible times and in scripture and in the scriptures, it goes far beyond career. It it actually takes in all aspects of our lives: career, family, ministry, hobbies, etc. It's our calling in life. In fact, later trans translations of scripture define the word then uh, the word uh vocation as calling your calling in life is the purpose of which god made you it has been said career is what you're paid for but calling is what you're made for yeah and the last point i hope <laughs> point eight knowing your spiritual gift Adds to your self-accomplishment. No. No. that I said that wrong. Acceptance. Undue, undue guilt is the greatest tool Satan, use, Satan wow, uses to keep Christians from living up to their potential. Many believers cons consider themselves unspiritual because they can't, can't, cannot live up to to someone else's expectate expect wow expect expectations try to live up to others expectations of you always equals failure if your expectations are not in line with what god expects you of you mm. yeah so uh, we talked about the importance of spiritual gifts knowing your spiritual gifts but i know that there's many including many christians who don't even believe that spiritual gifts exist. And that belief is called cessationism. 
is the doctrine that spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing ceased with the apostolic age. So when the last apostle of Christ died, I believe it was John, then all these gifts ceased. And I wanted to talk about the history of that belief because actually it wasn't something that began in scripture whatsoever. Imagine yourself. You're in the 16th century England. Yeah, I'm going back about 400 years. Yeah, the Church of England is making strides to break away from the Roman Catholic Church. Martin Luther nails these papers of everything the Catholic Church is doing wrong, the 95 Theses, to the door of the church. The Catholic Church argued, however, that they had miracles dating back throughout the chronicles of history to show that God approved of their doctrine and must be with them alone. In response to this, the reformers is what people were called who were um, against the Catholic Church as it was and believed that it needed reformed. The reformers set out to discredit the belief of modern miracles still happening. They did this by claiming the purpose of miracles was to authenticate the apostles as trustworthy. The last apostle, with the last apostle, miracles were no longer needed, apparently. But the true purpose of miracles was to authenticate the message of Jesus Christ, not the apostles as people. Uh, it was not to give them authority, but to show God's authority on earth. If Jesus is miracles, authenticated him as the son of God, why did the apostles need miracles? To prove that they were trustworthy witnesses? If so, why couldn't they just preach like the church today? Because we are called to be trustworthy witnesses, right? Can we be trustworthy witnesses without miracles today? If we can, then why did the apostles need miracles? So you see, it's very circular, this argument, and it just drives me crazy. So, I, But I wanted to touch on this today because it's very important that how can you have something if you don't believe it exists? Yeah. How can you have a spiritual gift if you don't believe it exists? If you say, well, um, I don't have spiritual gifts and I've been a Christian all my life. Well, do you even believe they exist? And maybe you say, no, I don't have spiritual gifts. How could they exist Exist if I don't have it? Well, I don't have a lot of things. <laughs> that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I don't have a million dollars. I'm pretty sure there's people that exist that do, though. So, I want to continue. Oh, there's actually more of part eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh, wait. Can I finish this real quick? Yeah. Okay. So... If the apostles needed miracles to support their authorship of scripture, why doesn't scripture say this? Instead, the apostles said they knew they were writing the Lord's command, but they never reasoned this position by referring to miracles, really, but they were called by Christ. And are we not today also called by Christ? So a few scriptures that are used to confirm the cessationalist um, belief are found in Matthew, actually. And it's rather twisted scriptures of Christ's utterances. One is Matthew 5.17. I've heard people who adhere to this belief say this as a proof for it. Uh, Matthew 5.17 says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. But those prophecies were for Christ's coming for his life. 
He came to fulfill every prophecy about the Messiah, not saying that prophets do not exist past his life. Christ himself was a prophet. There were many prophets, such as John, writing the book of Revelation after Christ's life. Another verse I've heard to use is Matthew 11, 12 through 13. Christ is also speaking. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And some people say that they did not prophesy after John the Baptist. Christ prophesied after John the Baptist died, though. So that doesn't really make much sense. So how could there be an earth? civilization or even a single person in existence without the voice of God because were we not spoken into existence by the voice of God how could people remain Christians or remain without Christians being his mouthpiece this earth without Christ without his people without his people speaking forth his words as we are called to do as a prophet would be hell think about it the absence of Christ is hell. The absence of image bearers of God on earth just devolves into hell. Prophecy is not an elitist gift. It is something to be strove after. But it's something we are all called to. It is speaking under the influence, the conviction of God. I doubt that there is any Christian who actually isn't just delusioning themselves fully that would say that, we are not called to speak and act under the influence of God. Would you agree with me? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. So perhaps we are called to speak forth truth in our church or on the streets. Perhaps we're called to operate in prophecy by living a lifestyle under the influence of God and speak his words. This is prophecy and it would only cease when the world does. So Ethan, um, I do want to toss it over to you. What is the last point you're going to make? And then... I wanted to talk a little bit more about prophecy. <laughs> yeah, so um um so think of the greatest Christian you know. Now consider this. God has called you to do what this person cannot do. Your God has given you a specific and 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 oh endowment. Endowment. Thank you. Yeah, endowment that suits you perfectly for your specific uh position on the team the chris the christian who knows he has the gift of serving cannot belittle himself because he is not a pastor he can accept himself knowing his lord has given him a specific en endowment that suits him perfectly for the specific position on the team the christian who knows that her gift is administration and is functioning effectively in her capacity will not think herself worthy or unnecessary unnecessary because she is not a teacher in reality spiritual gifts involve god's stewardship he assigns us certain tasks, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, and then equips us to do them in a manner that brings glory to him and fulfill, fulfillment to us, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. God has given, has also given you a great a gift, but it is up to you whether or not you open it. It is your birthday present given to you by God at the time of your 
spiritual birth. When you open it and examine it, you too may be surprised. Do do not miss on the bless miss out on the blessings God has for you. Your challenge is twofold. First, you are to be you are to as commanded in Second Timothy for one six. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. And second, to do what we are told to do in First Peter four ten. As as one another has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of of the manifold grace of God. For every need in in the life of a person who does not know Christ, there is a spiritual gift that helps reach that person. When a person comes to Christ, there are often many other needs to to meet. The person on of your at your church, the team at your church can come to the rescue, meeting those the those other needs through the spiritual gifts God has given for this the purpose a balanced healthy church meets all the needs that exist in the body of the of its members and reach out to the community it serves paul explains in ephesians 4:16 from he from him the whole body joined and held together by the every by the ever supporting uh ligament grows a grows and builds itself up in love as each part it does it does its work meaning a healthy church grows or increases in numbers by reaching people for Christ and build and builds itself up by ministering to those by to those to the needs within its own body here are how each of the spiritual gifts correlates in the needs of a person's life people need salvation god provides evangelists people need awareness of sin god provides prophets people need to need to know god's word to do what is to do what is right god provides teachers people need encouragement and know how god provides ex- exerters people need guidance and care god provides shepherds which is one of the gifts that we'll talk about later god needs comfort god provides mercy sh- sh- showers God need people need a helping hand. God provides servers. People need financial aid. God provides givers. People need leadership. God provides administrators. People need fellowship. God provides the entire body. God mm-hmm. gave us spiritual gifts to serve Him through doing the work of the ministry, meeting needs, e- reaching people, and growing the church. Preparing, preparing the bride of Christ for his return. Are you using your spiritual gift? Do you even know what your spiritual gifts are? And we'll get to the rest later. Okay. Mm-hmm. So even, um, is that all the points? Wow. That just, yeah. that just is so enlightening me. Um, so enlightening to the desire to understand what your spiritual gifts are and have god show you how to use them and uh we'll have web i'll give you like other things later at the end of your stuff so mm-hmm. you cool. can go <laughs> so i wanted to talk about why prophecy 
may be controversial to people. We've talked a lot about First Corinthians 14.1 that says, to most strive after the gift of prophecy. Um, and I feel like that exaltation of it can cause tension to those who are confident that they walk in the office of the prophet and between those who don't, who don't fully have that confidence. And that's uh, something that Satan has really manipulated, exploited, and just absolutely magnified to cause division in the church and between those who are prophets and those who aren't. Jesus even said in uh, Matthew 11, I believe as well, that a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown. And he's talking about himself when he said that. Another scripture is Matthew seven fifteen. It says, Beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. It doesn't say beware of false encouragers or tongue speakers or even false wisdom. Though, of course, these things may be very dangerous and harmful to one. But there's something about prophecy that's simply different. When you are a prophet, you may not only be an encourager or wise, but you are literally operating as God's mouthpiece. There seems to be this reverential fear of the office of the prophet, but we must not let this reverence come between us and operating as a prophet. Out of fear, much of the church has been divided. But we must fear the Lord alone. Why are we fearing the church? Often we fear prophecy and fear any manifestation of the Holy Spirit. People fear gifts of God, but this isn't what we're called to do. People fear how um, people fear how God uh, gives those gifts to His people. We're called to fear God alone. Fear of His attributes. Fear of the dispensation of his spirit makes us fear the wrong thing. Fear of people manipulating or exploiting the Holy Spirit is a fear of man and not God. I often hear people act so cautious and so paranoid, really, about those operating in the gifts of the Lord. And of course, we are called to test and taste and see, and we are called to judge and discern. But we should not let this cause so many boundaries between heaven and earth. When we are praying for heaven, <clears throat> shoot, my eyes got really choked up. I honestly think that Satan has been trying to keep me from sharing this because there was so much spiritual warfare while I was typing this up, typing up my outline. But you got this, Lily. <laughs> so, um, where was I? Hmm. Yeah, so. You hear people act paranoid about gifts of healing, and they're so scared when someone is called out in the audience for healing. Maybe a lady in a wheelchair is pulled up to the altar, and God's people are just so afraid that she's going to roll away still in that wheelchair, still paralyzed. When we're called to move in faith, and we are called to operate and move in our spiritual body, in faith. Don't be afraid. Be a prophet is something that I really wanted to say today. We're not called to fear prophecy or healing or speaking in wow. tongues of how people will perceive us. We're wow. called to fear God. We're not called to fear how yeah. Satan can abuse these gifts 
and make them look secular or earthly or like a coincidence or something that any man could do. We're called to fear God. We're not called to be afraid of using the gifts that he's given us. Be a prophet, be an evangelist, be a teacher. Be who God has called you to be. Don't be someone else because we're not all called to different things. When I say, now I have said before that we're called to, we're all called to be a prophet. That is walking in the influence of God. Maybe you're not called to be in the office of the prophet. That's a different thing. There's many differences between operating in the office of a gift and operating simply in the gift as God may momentarily will you to do. But the important thing is Joel 2, 28 through 29. God said, he said through a prophet, his prophet Joel, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I love the saying, God is not a respecter of persons. He's not even a respecter of your earthly, your petrified fear of what he's about to do. Yeah, He's not a respecter of your fear of unpredictability or your need to control everything or your need to control him. Don't you dare think that he can't break through that. <laughs> he's going to pour out his spirit, really. And when we're asking for heaven to come on earth, we need to actually desire that fullness, that reality, that God will do this. Of course, he is the God of order, but he's also the God that we may not see coming. He's the God that surprises us. He's Amen. not the God of earthly order that plans out every single second of a church service. He's the God that comes down to some ordinary chapel service in a small town in Kentucky, just 10 miles south of where I was born. And he didn't respect their time. He didn't respect those students' class schedule at the Asbury Revival. But these people started prophesying and they started laying hands yeah. on each other. And they just stayed and they weren't afraid of what their professors were going to say. And they weren't afraid of the newscasters and interviewers that were coming to film this very odd occurrence that hasn't happened in years. And I don't yeah. even remember the last time it happened in Walmart, Kentucky. I wasn't born for it. I believe the last revival witnessed in that area was in the 70s. It was a long time ago. And no one saw this coming. And... Yeah. We as the church often say that God's the God of order. He's not the God of order like we are, though, because he's omniscient and our knowledge is finite. So let us not say that God has to respect my boundaries or I'm scared of misrepresenting God. That's a common fear. That's a fear I used to have. And it hindered me from ever operating in my gift. Yeah. From ever going up to someone and saying, hey, God told me to tell you this. Who knows? It could have costed someone's life if I held back. Because when God tells you to do something, it is important. It is important. And it does alter the direction of where we are going. And yeah. it does change us forever, forever. Our lives on earth, our lives in heaven. 
Satan used to tell me that you're going to misrepresent God. Satan used to tell me that you're going to stutter, you're going to mess up, you're going to lead someone the wrong direction, you're going to accidentally missay something. Someone won't receive this the right way. It's the wrong time. What if you disturb them? What if they don't believe that God actually gives his people words? What if they have no idea what you're talking about and you look insane and you make God out to be some fool just as much as you do yourself? That was every single thought I'd have walking up to people whenever I had to talk to them, to evangelize, to prophesy, to teach them, to encourage them in something that I knew God had told me to say. But I started doing it anyways because God told me to. And I did. I knew it didn't make sense for God to tell me to say one thing, to do one thing in His name for His glory, and then to tell me your human nature is going to screw everything up. Why would God tell you that? He doesn't contradict himself. Yeah. Your thoughts do, people do, Satan does. He'll change his mind every single second if it means that he can get you any closer to hell. Yeah. He has no respect of consistency, truth, validity. He just wants you to come closer to him. And it doesn't matter how he does that to him. It doesn't matter how crafty and articulate it is as long as it's effective. Don't let it be effective. And I know this isn't inherently about prophecy, but it's kind of about our lifestyle in every way. And let's share it. Here's here's the thing about saying he knows your gods. He knows your your God's child. He knows your God's son and daughter. And his job, all he wants to do is to get you into your own into that shell of yourself into that oh oh i'm gonna i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna go up to this person i'm not gonna tell talk to them because i'm scared that's what he wants you to do that's what he wants you to do because his he knows your gods his only goal is to get you away from god and to get you into that shell of yourself and get you to worry and fear and cower and doubt yourself because that's what his job is. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his only goal. Yeah. And so he'll try to get you into that shell. But you're but it's our job to to fight against that and to and to say, no, I won't go into that shell. I won't go into that that mentality of i'm not good enough or i'm not i'm not gonna say something right or i'm gonna stutter or i'm gonna mess up that we need to step into that faith and we need to say no no i will satan be gone i'm not going to go into that headspace i'm not going to go into that mentality of i'm gonna go into the shell because i'm scared and because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing and I don't want to I don't want to have this person not receive it right. We need to go into that mentality that God gave me this, so I need to go and give it to this person. Yeah. Because God part of the prophecy prophecy thing is God gives you a word for someone and, and he wants you to give it to this person. 
He wants, he wanted me to give these words to Lily and to my dad and to my, Michael, um, one of the co-hosts for Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. He wanted me to give these words to to the pastors at the church. While I I was scared, I I'm always scared to because he wanted me to go pray for um Sean. He's one of the <laughs> Sean is a prayer leader he prays for people and and god wanted me to go pray for this prayer person <laughs> like i was yeah. scared but i stepped into that faith and i stepped into that mentality and i went to go pray for him yeah because that's what god wanted me to do but satan was like oh you can't do that because you're you're not what you're not as good as sean is at prayer you're you you're you'll stutter too much you'll you won't say the right things to pray over Sean. You won't pray well. You you should just don't not. You should just stay where you are. But I didn't listen, and I said I'm going to uh, this. This needs to stop now. And I went to pray for him. So that's part of it. God, Satan, all he wants to do is to make you feel insecure. He wants to make you feel. Uh, to make you feel like you shouldn't do something. His only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Hey, Ethan, do you want to know what that fear we've been describing is? Yeah. Essentially, you want to know what the root of it is? Yeah. It's pride. It is pride. When you say that I'm going to misrepresent God, do you really think that you're big enough to stand in front of God and represent him? Or do you think that God's not towering over you, even if you're standing in front of him and he's able to represent himself? Do you really think that God's going to tell you something and not go before you? How big and mighty and important do we think we must be in order to alter someone's course of their soul entirely on our own? It's not on us. It is through us that the Holy Spirit manifest yeah. i want to share the scripture that i've shared in mystery moment has been very close to my heart lately encouraging encouraging me greatly is first corinthians 3 6 through 7 paul says i planted apollos water but god was causing the growth so then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything your pride your fear your boundaries yours fear of crossing other people's boundaries. It's nothing but God who causes the growth. Your insecurity, your insufficiency, your imposter syndrome, the I don't deserve to be here. You're right. You don't. God brought you here as a free gift. That whole mindset that Satan tricks you into walking in instead of in God's mindset it's nothing. God is the cause of growth. It is not our job for people to receive what we say, what God says through us. It is our job to speak forth, to be prophets, to speak forth his truth under the influence of the divine one. And the thing is, God will never leave your side. He will never let you do something alone. He is walking mm-hmm. beside you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what, no matter what type of situation you're in, you're not alone. 
You may feel alone, but God is right beside you. He is sitting next to you. He is with you. Yeah. He goes in front of you. He he sets the path. He goes in front of you and sets the path out. He sets your path. He 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 makes the way. Well, I know how you know that, Ethan. Enlighten me. <laughs> I know that's a funny question. Well, I know. Yeah. Matthew 10, 19 through 20, Jesus said this. Jesus said this to all of us. But when they deliver you up, do not become anxious about how or what you will speak. For it shall be given you in that hour what you are to speak. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. It is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. It is not you. Yeah. Uh, Daniel was feeling rejected by the people of Israel when they wanted a king and not a judge, not a prophet. He thought he had done something wrong. He thought he had caused the entire nation to turn against him and thus against God. And God humbled Samuel and then since humbled himself in his own words, he said, it is not you they reject. It is me. Yeah. Do not think that you are so big that they are rejecting you, but they are rejecting the God that's in you. They rejected me. And they want a king, a man to rule over their nation. Yeah. Um, so uh I so um I would love to give the the peop uh the listeners um some of the resources that they can use to get their spiritual gifts if that's okay with you um so thank you guys for sticking with us um through this today i do have a testimony i want to share yeah do it sorry to interrupt i'm feeling led um see god's not a respecter of persons we're gonna end this show (laughs) but um he's telling me to say something else (laughs) but um so you guys may have watched the episode where I shared my testimony. So in that test, in my testimony, you'll hear about how quickly I fell away from the faith after I had turned 14. I've been a Christian for about nearly a year. And then insecurity, depression, anxiety all crept back into my life. And I got an eating disorder. And then I let many more idols sweep in lust, secular music, uh, self-image, pride, all these things, many things. I talk about it all in that episode. But how God brought me back was through prophetic visions. He didn't respect me in the distance I had tried to create between us. He didn't respect my desire to be independent, self-sufficient, my own God. He saw how much I needed him, even when I tried to deny it with everything in me. The first vision I had was a vision of the set of lungs that was clean and was pure and healthy. And all of a sudden, I saw the skeletal hand, this bony dead hand, come in with a cigarette and tip the butt of the cigarette right into the lungs. And the lungs turned to ash. And God warned me in that vision that if I don't turn away now, if I keep filling myself up and breathing in the things that I do, then surely it would destroy me and cause me to die. But that vision wasn't over yet because then I saw this other hand and it was beaming with light. It was radiant and it stole the cigarette from the skeletal hand 
and it got a burn mark right in the center of the palm, like how Christ's hand had a scar in the center of his palm from the nails from dying for us. God stole that cigarette from that hand of death, that hand of Satan, to save me. I didn't smoke. This was all symbolism of what I was filling myself with. I was filling myself up with all this disillusionment and fog and unhealthiness. And I was just breathing it in. And I was being force-fed by Satan too. But God wanted to save me. So he showed me that vision in February of 2021, three months before I came back to him, three months to the day. And then he showed me a vision of um, my lust and how disgusting that looked to him, how I saw people. He showed me what that actually looked like in the spiritual realm, the demon behind lust. And all of a sudden I had to stop. I had to let go of a whole lot of things. And then in May, May 4th, at about 2 a.m., 2021, I was listening to secular music and actually reading my Bible. I was listening to this awful song that was very condemning. It was just flat out damning. It was about depression and suicide. And it was one of the songs that sad people listen to because they feel sad and they want to hear a sad song that relates to their emotions and how, where they're at. But they only get worse when they listen to that stuff. I was listening to that song and reading my Bible. And all of a sudden I hear a voice audibly say, this is the type of thing they dance to, you know. And I say, who dances to this music? And I look up and I see a demon dancing rhythmically to a song I was listening to. And I throw my phone across my bed. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm back. He showed me those things to see into the spiritual realm and see where my heart was at. And it brought me back to him. And he did that over the course of much time. Because if he had just shown me those things all at once, I would have run away and fear of God and fear of myself, I may have just flat out killed myself because it was very intense each vision. But each vision and word was just enough to convict me and not condemn me. So he showed me those prophetic visions, those visions of truth that sent forth God's word. That's how it is prophetic. They were truthful visions, truthful words that spoke forth, that displayed truth in God's word, and they led me to speak forth truth in my own life and to do things for God under his influence in my own life. They led me by the kindness that leads me to repentance. So what I wanted to say to you all was, God, he is close to you when you are far from him. He may reveal himself to you when you are just not interested in him. He is not a respecter of the distance you have created between him and you. It was you alone that created that distance. But God, he's big enough to strive after you with grace and ease. It's not hard for him. It's not hard for him. And I just want to encourage you all to strive after the gift of prophecy 
though it may be controversial, though maybe before this podcast episode, you didn't know what it was and maybe you didn't believe it exists. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and the door will be open for you. That's all you have to do. Ask it according to God's will. And he who freely gives will give it to you. Do you think God wants to withhold these things from you? I can assure you, he doesn't. So I really feel led to impart the gift of prophecy to whoever is listening right now. Um, Yeah, so just when you're receiving something, I just want you to let go of whatever is in your hands right now. Um, Your heart's hands and your physical hands, just leave it empty for God to actually add something to you. Because like we said before, you can't hold something old and receive something new. New wine doesn't go in old wineskins. And you can't wear your old raggedy clothes to God's wedding feast when he's giving you wedding clothes. So just hold out your hands with me in Jesus' name. Oh, Ethan, would you like to repeat this with me? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I receive. I receive. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. Let me speak forth your words. Let me speak forth your words. In every way that I speak. In every way that I speak. Let me act under your influence. Let me act under your influence. As you have called us all to do. As you have called us all to do. Lord, show me your will. Lord, show me your will. Show me the spiritual gifts that truly you have given to me. Show me the spiritual gifts that you have truly given to me. So that I may walk in them. So that I may walk in them. God, I just pray to be convicted. God, I just pray to be convicted. If I am going forward on the wrong path. If I am going forward on the wrong path. We're trying to steal away someone else's anointing. We're trying to steal away someone else's anointing. We steal a gift that is freely given from your hands. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray. I can receive. What you have rightfully given to me. What you have rightly given to me. Let me not question or doubt. Let me not question or doubt. What you have given to me. What you have given to me. Create in me a clean and humble heart, O God. Give me a clean and humble heart, O God. Allow me to receive. Allow me to receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me not fear. Anything but you alone. Anything that you are. God, take away my pride. God, take away my pride. Let me follow in your humble footsteps. Footsteps. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for sticking with us today. In my final point today, I would like to ask you if you want to know your spiritual gifts, what your spiritual gifts are. If you don't, do you want to find out what your spiritual gifts might be? If so, 
I found some tests that can help you explore your spiritual gifting. Links to the following tests will be in the show description down below. They'll be on the sh if you're watching the show on YouTube, they'll be over near Lily over there. Um, or if you're on the podcasts, they'll also be down in the description. Um, so the first uh, the spiritual gifts survey by Lifeway Christian Resources. Um, let me grab those out really quickly. Um, the first one is Lifeway Christian Resources Spiritual Gifts Survey. Spiritual Gifts Survey Test and Team Ministry Spiritual Gifts Survey. And again, all those links to those will be down below if you're watching the video. Or they will be in the, the description. Where am I? Um, <laughs> give me one second to figure out where I am in my notes. You got it. Okay. Um, uh, give me one second. Uh, all of the spiritual gifts have a test that you can, that you take, and then they provide you with an easy, with an easy to understand results. Do you have any final thoughts, co-host Lily? <laughs> oh no, I feel like I've given like five sets of final thoughts. <laughs> okay. Um. So before we close. Um, we, before we go into the closing prayer and everything with that, um, we never want to leave, we never want to end a show without giving, without giving you the opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you do not have a personal relationship with him, you can't, it is not too late. If today is the day that you want to get right with God, we we will all, we're, wow, we're all going to pray this prayer with you. So with head bowed and eyes closed, repeat after me. And Lily, if you want to repeat after me, you can as well. Will do. Say, dear God. Dear God. I know that I've sinned. I know that I have sinned. But I believe. I believe. That Jesus died in my place. That Jesus died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. And Lord, you raised him from the dead. So Jesus. So Jesus. I confess. I confess. That you are Lord. You are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please be Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. And give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now that you've said that simple prayer, we believe that you were born again. We would love to share share in this with you. You can write us at choice at waymaker.rmrr.live. And we will be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you into the family. And to keep you on track with your decision and to combat the enemy, we would recommend that you would, that the next step after that is to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church. Lily, would you like to do the closing prayer tonight? Yep, I got, I got this. Okay, okay. Uh, you don't have to your head and close your eyes if you don't want to. Sometimes I. Uh, forget to do that I look right at the camera so if that's not your thing don't worry about it. we ain't legalists here so uh do whatever you want <laughs> but just 
pray with me. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for this time of fellowship, conversation, edification with yes, me God. and my friend Ethan and yes, whoever is listening to this. Yes, God. God, thank you for all the knowledge and teaching that you poured into us leading up through this prayer and to this episode. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be prophets. You have called us to be your mouthpiece, to speak forth your truth and to live under your influence. And Lord, thank you that you help us to do these things. You are graceful and you are merciful with us in our attempt. And God, I just pray that whoever is listening is reached, is touched by you right now, tangibly. God, let them just feel your hand graze their back, graze their heart. Let them be aware, unlike ever before, of your presence. Your presence that truly has always been there since the very beginning before their first breath and will be far after their last. Lord, I just pray that these people encounter you in the most undeniable way. Let them not forget you. Let them not forsake you. Let them not procrastinate repentance and coming to you and living for you fully because you are kind and because you are merciful. But God, let that kindness, let that mercy lead them to repentance right now in this moment. God, make your people know they are yours. Yes. In Jesus' name I pray. Rise up your gifts and people. Do not respect us, Lord. Do not respect our boundaries. Do not respect our fears that aren't fear of you. That yes, reverential God. fear of you. Yes. God, just break through yes, every inch of distance we have tried to create between you and us, heaven yes. and earth. When we say, let heaven come on earth, let us mean it. And God, please come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, huh? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Lily, are you getting something? <laughs> I swear. What Do you guys want to know something that's funny about that? Whenever someone asks me if I'm here, if I have a word from God right now, I never do. I never do. And then all of a sudden God start, starts to speak to me or I'm like, God, why do these people think I have a word for them from you or a vision for them from you? Like, I don't. And then he's like, well, Ashley, no, you do. <laughs> so funny you said that, Ethan. Um, yeah, so I'm hearing. Because you have a few names. I know that. Yeah. So I'm hearing a Rhonda. Uh-huh. R-H-O-N-D-A. Yeah. Um. You have been paralyzed for some time spiritually. I'm seeing a heart paralyzation right now where you're leaning on this broken crutch of religion, of your family's traditional faith, but that crutch is breaking and you feel it about to snap fully. God wants to grow you and to heal your heart of this sick, of this sickness, of this old religion that you were raised in god wants you to be his god wants a relationship with you 
God wants a friendship with you. He says, you are not my servant. I called you friend. Yeah. I desire compassion over obedience and obedience over sacrifice. Read his word. I believe you're being baptized in the spirit of the word right now because God just touched you. You're being baptized with the spirit of the word. And even though you've heard it all your life and you've been in church all your life, all of a sudden you're going to start reading it and it will be as though you've never touched a Bible before. Yeah, You've never heard a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, your family speak about God before is new. Um, Oh, Thomas. (laughs) This is kind of funny. Um, And there's two more. There's two more. You know it. Much like scripture, you've been doubting. Huh. Well, yeah. God is blessing every single question you have asked him. All those doubts, all those questions you have asked him, thinking that he is distant from you and couldn't hear you. Guess what? God heard you. He's blessed your testimonies, blessing you with answers and closeness and intimacy with him right now. And right now, you're not going to be walk away from that road to Damascus different or um, the same as how you came. You are different now. Amen. All of that is as though you actually touched the scars in his hands because you are confident now of he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you need help on this one? No, it's just like really intense. Um <laughs> Because there's at least oh. two more from what I'm getting. There's a, there, I got four. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, um, Frederick, you thought that being married would cure your lust. And you are finding that you still struggle with pornography. You still struggle with looking at women that pass you by just as you're walking, just in your workplace. You still struggle with the perception of the opposite sex and even your own self because of this lust. And um, God wants to, I have a vision of you and your wife renewing their vow, renewing your vows because God just reached into your heart and convicted you of this saying that marriage, your wife, Sex and marriage does not cure lust. I do. I died for this so that you don't have to kill yourself trying to beat it off yourself, trying to get rid of it yourself. God is saying no more. Um, I see your marriage being fully revived and you saying I do to your wife again with tears in your eyes when you used to be a stoic who objectified her and her body and married her for one reason. That is to have all the sex you wanted without being um, a sinner or whatever you want to call it. And this was a really hard word for me to give because it was just really intense, but it's what God told me to say. Um, really quickly, I just want to I just want to say Sorry to our editor because we're probably going to go over um, <laughs> two hours. Yeah, but, so, um, Frederick, uh, hold yeah. on right now. In Jesus' name, your marriage is restored. 
Amen. Your perception of love and reception of it is renewed. It is no longer shattered. It is no longer confined to only lust and sex. It is now actual, full, abundant love. And um, his lust is gone. Yeah. I'm hearing a uh, Jennifer. Uh huh. Jennifer was the last one. Yeah. See, the reason why I was asking because I got those names. I was just making sure that you had them too, because I was hearing that Lily had those. Yeah, I actually didn't. But when you said that I had a prophetic word, all of a sudden God started speaking to me, and all oh, this is just because those were the words I was getting. But I knew yeah. you had to have had them, so that's why I asked. Jennifer, you're hearing your name right now, and you're looking at how old this podcast is, apparently. And you're thinking, well, this isn't about me. This is probably about someone else, another Jennifer, who watched this before me, and this word has actually already been bestowed upon her, not for me. Also, you go by Jen right now, right? Well, I'm just calling you Jennifer, because... That's yeah, what that I think it's Jen. I think she's going by Jen. Yeah, um... So, you have been running from God, and you think that what He did, um, His plans just don't involve you whatsoever. You think that there's no place for you in this world. Um, I hear God also call you Hagar, and I'm reminded of Genesis 16:13 when Hagar was running from Sarah and Abraham. She was a slave. She was a runaway slave. And she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, which is as 16.13 says. She called God, you are the God who sees me. Or she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And in this moment, you are seeing a vision of many angels transcending, com- coming to that room you are in. God has always been with you. He put such a purpose in your life. That he sent this video, this podcast to you, and you thought it was too late that this word couldn't be for you because it's been so long since anyone's spoken to you as directly as I am, God is through me to you right now. You felt detached from God, from people, from those who you call your closest friends. But God is blessing you with a gift of closeness and intimacy. Yes. You're called to actually be a great servant in the church and on the streets. And you're going to begin to be able to connect with people fully and deeply and permanently. Soon after this prayer, soon after you receive this, God is going to send in real friends. Don't be afraid when those old people go out. Let me tell you, when I was 13 and first became a Christian, I told God, whatever people you don't want in my life, just take them out, Lord. Next day, a dozen people ghosted me, and I never heard from them again. But I wasn't scared because I knew what I had prayed, and I knew God heard me. I knew He fulfilled that prayer. He's fulfilling my prayer over you right now. I pray you have real friends. Yes. Even if that means that you lose the ones you have now. I pray yes. that you have real family, even if that means that... Your mother and father disown you. Yes. I pray that you have a real church, even if that means that you walk away from the service of the self and of other people and of your work. Amen. I pray that you have a real relationship with God. 
because you are not exempt from his plans for your life. And he ran out on that road to meet you. Yes. And he has protected you so many times and you blamed it all on coincidence. But God is saying there is no coincidence in your life, but there is purpose. Amen. In Jesus' name, I just seal all these words over all these people right now. Yes. Let the enemy not speak doubt over them. Let the enemy not say this is for someone else. Let the enemy not say that um, I was hearing incorrectly. But Lord, I just pray that these people receive so fully what you have for them. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. And remember, check out waymaker.rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show please like and subscribe to the show's youtube page podcasts of the show uh, are being prepared and there you can go to the website and you can see all of the what all of the podcasts that we are on um follow us on facebook and the show's site for all the latest information and updates if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are links on on the show's website to do so. And remember, get yourself into a good Bible believing, by Bible teaching on Holy Spirit led church. Plug in to groups and discipleship opportunities, and serve in any way you can. And before we finish the show, this this was an example of today's show that we gave the words to these the you guys we gave these words to people on the other side of the screen Mm -hmm. please know that we are being genuine please know that that we that we are praying for you and and we just we are so grateful that you guys are just tuning in and you guys are are listening to us and you guys are are uh, just walking with us in this journey um, and, and just to follow Jesus. So thank you, thank you again for joining us and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Waymaker Ministries. Have a blessed day.